Hi, it's dating coach Chris Luna from Craft Charisma. Welcome to the Craft Charisma podcast, our free audio coaching program where we interview the top experts in the world at helping you become the man you've always wanted to be. My guest today is Ed Lattimore. This was a really fun podcast for me. Ed is a writer, blogger, speaker, self-development guru, I guess you could say. Uh, He's also a former heavyweight boxer and a physics major. He studied physics in college when he went back to school. He draws on these really diverse set of life experiences when he writes for his blog and for his books, which all center around self-improvement. His site's edlatimore.com. He's the author of three books, including Not Caring What Other People Think is a Superpower, Insights from a Heavyweight Boxer. Ed, can you tell me a little bit about your background so that the listeners can know a little bit more about who you are and where you came from? Um, yeah. So, so a long time ago, like 33 years ago, I was born and I was born into, um, a housing project in the, in the city of Pittsburgh. That's a rough area to, to overcome and deal with, but I, I feel like I did all right. Didn't fall into any, any traps, any crime. And throughout my 20s, after I graduated from, from high school, I tried to go to college, and it really didn't work out. But during this time in my 20s, I decided to get into boxing. I got into boxing and did, did really well. But throughout boxing, I decided that I needed more in my life. I needed to have something to fall on. So I started. Uh, I decided to enlist in the Army and to get money to go back to school. And during this time, I had also got got really heavy into drinking. And as part of this change in my life where I was like, I'm going to try and go back to school and, and, and make something to give myself some options, I needed to stop drinking. I'm coming up on my fifth year of sobriety now, which is, which is a really cool thing. And I finished school, and now I'm, I'm building a writing and online kind of business empire since I've since decided that... I'm not going to take any more thumps to the head in the boxing ring and such is life right now. That's awesome. Like it makes me really excited for you. Um, in, in your book, you discuss methods and strategies for turning your life around. What are some of the struggles? I mean, you talked a little bit, you began to talk a little bit about this, but what are some of the struggles that, that you've had that you've been able to turn around and were there any particular moments or experiences that really pushed you to make some of these changes? Oh, yeah. You know, the the biggest struggle, well, I had a few. We want to talk about, like, systemic struggles, things that were not necessarily in my control, but I was the victim of. Growing up where I grew up, I didn't get educated the way that I think a lot of people... Not no, not I think I know not in the way that a lot of people outside of my environment were. So when I had to go and compete with them, I felt like I was really behind, and I convinced myself that I was as horrible at at academic subjects, particularly anything involving mathematics. I, I barely, in fact, technically did not graduate high school. And I prefaced all of this to say that at some point, right around twenty seven, I said. I need to do more of my life, and I see what all the high-paying jobs are. They all involve math. Okay, so I sat there, and I, I decided I no longer accepted that I was bad at math. I'm, but I put, I must have put a year into really sharpening up these skills so I could feel capable of attacking a college-level curriculum for a physics degree. 
And on top of that, I also had to look at, you know, what else was holding me back on my own? Forget, you know, what whatever happened to me in my life and what how, how that was affecting me. I wanted to look at the decisions I was making. And one of the decisions I was making is I had just started to live for the weekends, live for happy hours, live for nights out drinking. And so I had to sit and go, I had to sit and take a really hard look at myself and decide, okay, this is not working. You're not getting any further. You're falling off whenever you try to make a big step. So I had to step away. And each time the strategy for making these changes was to look at what I wanted, look at who I was, and then see how I could bridge the gap, try and get rid of or overcome the obstacles in the way and make it easier for me to turn into a human who would be able to fulfill, you know, I guess the the role I envisioned for myself, I guess it really starts there. You have to imagine that you're someone better before you start to try and become someone better. And, and who was that person that you were imagining? Oh, you know, I think we all have these. I think, I think every guy starts with this, this image of being this really cool dude, you know, accomplished or suave or whatever, whatever ideal archetype is. There's a guy online, Tanner Guzzi, a, fa- a fashion consultant, and he has this archetype quiz and beyond the, and then it's for fashion. But what I thought was really interesting is like, there are these masculine archetypes. You know, one was uh, Indiana Jones, the other was James Bond, and one was Tyler Durden. Those were the three he came up with, Tyler Durden from Fight Club. And and I bring that up to go, you know, in my mind, I had this archetype, this idea of this accomplished dude, you know, and I wasn't anything close to it. Certainly not at 27. The only accomplishment I really had to my name was I had a I had a really great amateur boxing career, but I hadn't done anything else. Certainly nothing noteworthy, not just to me, but to other people. I mean, I think at that point in my life, not think uh, I would definitely was living on a little less than a thousand dollars a month and only because of the kindness of a, of a good friend who let me rent a room in his house i wasn't accomplished i was not the person i thought i was capable of becoming and i wouldn't settle for what i was turning into it's another really important thing for change is that i think a lot of people especially around 27 28 i don't know if there's something magical about that they've you know the the astrologers speculate there's the whole 27 club of like these musicians who don't make it to 27 and like die right there so i think there's something that goes on in that 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 time period in each person's life where they're like, okay, I'm going to go one way or I'm going to go the other. And right around then I, you know, I went the other way and I really started to try and become the person who I thought I wanted to be closer to an archetype of, of an interesting accomplished guy that people thought highly of, you know, who I would be proud to look at in the mirror every day who, who, who I, I, I wanted to feel in control of myself. I didn't feel in control then now that I think about it. And now I feel very much in control of who I am. What do you think drives that shift towards control? Well, you, you got to be tired of things happening to you. And, you know, as a, and, and to follow up with that, tired of things happening to you that you can do nothing about. Because an unfortunate side effect 
are consequence of living in the universe is that things are going to happen to you. That's just, you know, that's just part of the game of life. The question is, you know, <laughs> what can you do about it? Are you going to be in a position to, to roll with the punches? Are you going to be knocked out? Are you going to be devastated? Are you going to, is it going to be an annoyance? You know, just a really basic example. If you are living barely, I mean, like we're talking like barely paycheck to paycheck, almost not even, you know, able to survive and you get a little cold and you got to go to MedExpress or you have a car issue or something or you lose something, you know, that th these little annoyances that you could, that, that you could just break some bread off and cover, you know, now it turns into a very big decision that can set you back quite i mean and you're already far behind people don't realize how far behind they are at least i didn't you don't realize how far behind you are until you get a little ahead and you're like wow i was really surviving by just luck of the universe not you know raining holy hell down on me in succession so i think i think with with all change you have to be running from something and running towards something and one of the the things that sparks the initial movement is that you're really tired of being at the mercy of the universe. A few things came up while you were talking. Um, one, one of the things that came up was just like mentoring a couple of different guys over the years and watching them struggle. Cause we all just, we all do struggle, but I had a buddy of mine and he was just talking about how just sort of like stemic shit around sort of society and world and, and why things weren't, working the way they want to work and i'm like dude you can't ignore that shit but like one of the things i've learned is to build myself into somebody that people can't ignore yeah and, right like <laughs> i can't control i can't control around the world i can't control if somebody's fucking an asshole or they're having a bad day or whatever but like if i focus on building myself into somebody other people can't ignore or, or it's harder for people to ignore like the world seems to move uh, a lot more fluid for me and the other thing that came up is when you talked about control, I started thinking about competency, right? Like this idea that like when I get competent in something, like I, I never am fully in control. Like that's just, it just doesn't exist. But like when I'm competent, like let's say it's when I'm in states where I'm like financially competent, then like you said, you don't have to, I don't have to stress out about something that happens in my life that I didn't plan for. If I'm um, competent in my craft, then people take notice and like, that that generates like the things that I need. Like there's just so many different places where it's my own competence that like gives me more control um, or makes me, gives me a sense of control. And, and that competence has to be nurtured. Like it's gotta be nurtured on a fucking daily basis. Um, yeah. Moment you to gotta, moment. <laughs> you really have to spend time becoming good enough at something to where it's going to be profitable to you and it's going to bring you more opportunities, not just a bigger bank account. That's that's a wonderful side effect and I, and I really think a necessary one for anything that you decide to invest significant, irreversible time into. But the other thing that you should get from it, yeah, you should get a, a real sense that you can handle the world, if not... In, only in actuality, but also mentally and emotionally, because because like I said, you know, what good is being able to cover a flat tire if you freak out and lose your mind over it at the same time, right? You, you're still 
in the same position, or rather you're still suffering from the universe deciding that it was just your turn in the shit show cue, but it's how you decided to absorb the damage. It's not a financial attack, you know, and to some people that would be debilitating, but since you've built that up, but you've neglected to build a, build a mental fortitude or maybe physical fortitude, you know, you can afford great health care, but you still eat and drink like shit and don't only sleep two hours a night and, and you're always hopped up on, you know, stimulants. So over time, your body's going to break down anyway. And great, we have a health we have a sick care system. We're going to be real about it. No one is nursing and trying to maintain health once you get into it. You go there once your health is broken down. And if you're constantly breaking your health down, what good is this great health insurance? So it's not just the financial competency, though that seems to be the area that most people will struggle in. That certainly was the area that I had the most difficulty in. But along with that, you need to build up just general life skills and general competency. And I think I think if you do those things consistently day in, day out, you know, it's it's only a matter of time before the universe kind of becomes a joke. Like what what can really affect you when you get to the point? Think about this. What can really affect you when you get to a point of true competency, financial, emotionally, mentally and, you know, spiritually, psychologically, however you want to interpret that? Well, you can't have a bad day because you've you've mastered perspective. Your health is going to be tip-top shape. So unless there's something floating in your genes that was inevitable, like Huntington's uh, syndrome or something, you know, you're going to be fine. Uh, nothing can wipe out your finances of, of reason. I mean, right, if someone comes out of nowhere and sues you for some nonsense you didn't do, right, you got to counter deal with that. But this is such a low probability event that we have to look at the long tail and go, okay, we're going to ignore that. Because all this stuff is long tail. I mean, I can walk outside and be looking and all of a someone's speeding down at 120 and I don't get the street out the right way. It's unlikely, but it could happen. But most things that can happen to you, the goal is to build up a strength to that. And that's what I wanted to do. And that's what I'm what I continue to move towards. I certainly don't I don't I don't think you ever feel invincible, but you feel you feel relatively invulnerable, if that makes sense. For sure. Definitely. And like and I, I've been on both sides of that fucking shit, so I totally get it. And I think and it's funny because I like talking about this stuff. And I've been talking a lot on the podcast about mental health and emotional health. Probably so, too much for some listeners, but the, <laughs> the, the reason why I talk about it, it's like I'm just super interested in wellness. And I just got back from this this conference in Los Angeles. Um, they gave me a couple of tickets as an influencer, this, this wellness conference. And the stuff that they're talking about, I mean, there's some crazy like horoscope shit that like for me, it's like I, I don't really connect with. But the stuff that <laughs> they're talking about um, – like it's entertaining, but like I just didn't really connect. But like they had the psychiatrist was talking about, he's written several books on how food affects our brain, right? And and there's a lot of research around that or like quality of sleep. Like I know I had a, like I live in New York City, there's streetlights. I had to get blackout curtains because I realized I was having mi- migraines for like four or five months and didn't realize what was causing them. And it was just because it was the light from the street. Um, being under stress, like when you, when we're under stress response, like because it could be a major trauma or it could be lots of micro traumas, and uh, we don't know how to release them, then what happens is like a fucking small thing, like you said, like a flat tire might or whatever, like some small car problem might fucking seem like the end of the world, and right. <laughs> and, and uh, it's like 
I, especially as men, like there's these things that that we do. We we tend to isolate ourselves. Like we tend to have a hard time asking for help. We tend to like there's some things in our culture I think that constrict us or restrict us or what inhibit us or whatever. But like I love what you're saying. I mean, this idea of just like working on oneself until the person feels like they have shit. Like you said, you're not going to ever be invincible, but like having that feeling like I got this handled. Right. Yeah. And, and from a dating perspective, when you're on a date with somebody and you're not stressed about whether or not you can have money to take them on a second date or like you're not freaked out. I mean, I just got a call off a, a client with a client of mine and we we're talking about how much progress he's made. Like, uh, when he, I started working with him nine months ago, he's a private client. He, had a hard time like when when somebody would touch them or move into their space or like articulating what it is that he needed from the other person and so what would happen is like he would just like sort of suppress that and then it would come up later on or the relationship would move he'd end up in these bad relationships like yeah i just i love what you're saying man and like i'm, I'm spitting out all kinds of different <laughs> shit but it's like it's so much of this is like as a man it's just about getting fucking healthy right like getting healthy and we're all gonna have setbacks and Shit's going to go wrong. People are going to die. Things are going to happen. There'll be moments when we're, we're sick. But there are definitely things, like you said, that we can do so that those things are less likely. I mean, we're going to die inevitably. But, like, you can be healthier longer, whether it's emotional health or financial health or psychological health. That's the game, in my opinion. That is, that is the only – health is the only game, right? Now, yeah, what domain we extend that that health into – is is uh you know somewhat irrelevant because you are you're you're like a, a bar stool you know you knock one of those legs out it's not gonna be able to support the weight you need i think you need to need all to be strong you can't just be good in one area for sure right like if you're i mean i have friends of mine a buddy of mine who's a health coach he lost 100 pounds like 120 oh, wow. 20 pounds and now he's a health coach and that guy was a multimillionaire, but like his health was just fucking a mess and that created all kinds of other problems like like for example could he have found a partner yeah but like it made it harder to date when when he was 120 oh, pound, pounds yeah. more right so yeah. like so the social connection gets broken down, right? Or I have friends of mine who are like really social, but they're completely fucking broke. And like they oftentimes feel excluded because they can't participate with people. To, with Which is so funny, man. That's like, that is the, the problem I faced, right? Very extroverted and social. And, but eventually I was like, man, I am being social for these cheap ass happy hours. I can't really do anything. <laughs> what is, what is the point of all this? And so like, like, I think like any rational human being, I, I went and looked and said, okay, all this time spent out is keeping you from committing to making yourself into a person who could really party. Or as I like to say, you know, if you, if you if you take all the money and time you spend bullshitting and invest it in yourself for one year, at the end of that one year, you'll have more time and money to bullshit. And I, I didn't make it <laughs> to that point. Yeah. Until, I mean, and, and, you know, it's funny, like, like now... Uh, I, I don't have much of an interest because I put so much other solid stuff around me, and and I don't, I'm not I'm not at the point where I would like call myself a workaholic or anything like that, but 
I gain more satisfaction from making progress on a project than anything related to to socializing. And I have to be careful about that. I, I'm also really fortunate in that and then I found I found a girl who like I like, not just fell in love with, but I like like you know, her the person. So hanging out with her is, is kinda cool most of the time and you know like like any any relationship there's going to be that i always say you can only like someone 80 percent of the way you know maybe 70 most of us don't even get that high and there's always going to be that 20 percent that's reserved for simply the differences in brain chemistry and interpreting the world and sometimes those clash from worldviews are going you know those worldviews are going to clash but for the most part no uh I'm, I'm really i'm really happy in like this little domain like right here where we're interviewing i got this this great little view outside my window it's a small apartment in in my my city but uh, I really enjoy building here and constructing and moving closer towards towards you know the person I thought I could be. Right? <laughs> it's and it's fun though. It's it's way more fun to me this way. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think about all the times like when in my early twenties when I went to the bar and spent a hundred bucks, and like uh, I'm thirty eight now. So I mean that was like fucking two hundred dollars in today's dollars. And I just think about like all the different things that I could have done when I look back and I wasn't like a, I mean, I would never describe myself as an alcoholic. What I was just trying to do is like fit in and like pay for my friend's drinks because I wanted to have fun. And like, and the truth is like, I pissed all that shit out the next day. Right. So I, like when I look back, I mean, I was always really into self-development, but there's definitely areas where I'm like, I wish I would have done things differently. And Shit, I wish I would have bought Apple stock back then. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right? So it's like that. The, the Jay Z's got that song or that line where he talks about um, buying art, and like, I, fuck, it's just like, it's funny as we get older. I'm speaking on behalf of both of us now, or everyone's yeah. listening. <laughs> you, you look back and you go, "Fuck!" Like I wish I would have done that slightly differently. <laughs> oh, for sure, you know? <laughs> right? I like always... it's. I think I'm gonna get the girl at like 21, but I'm like at 35 or 40. If I would have made the right choices, like uh, or made some different choices, you, you do some next level shit. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know, I always say, you know, I don't. One, I don't think. I, I rather I think everyone who says I have no regrets is either like lying or a psychopath. Yeah, but, sure. but but what they mean to say, what I really think they mean to say, assuming that they are in a in a relatively well off position and not like you know held down in a, in a prison cell somewhere, I think what they mean to say is that they wish they could have gotten the same results without that process. Because we look at the process and we get caught up and we go, man, if only X, if only I hadn't been doing X and I would have done Y and Y would have been so much better for me. But the reality of the situation is, you know, I talk to, I always talk to my girlfriend about this, is that if I say, you know, I wish I had done this or that, but then I remember, well, if I had done that earlier, I wouldn't have met her and I wouldn't have been spurned along this path on now that makes me so happy because I would have been in just a different position in a different life. And maybe, maybe that life is great. I have no idea. Right. What I do know is that how it is right now, because I got it together is, is fantastic. And all I have, and remember all we have to reference 
is the past. We don't have that other life to go, okay, this seems cool. Uh, that other life, you know, seems all right. All we have is the past to reference it to, and to compare. And when the past is shitty and we, we think linearly like we do, we go, oh, man, if I hadn't done that, then, then this would have turned out. Or I had done that earlier. Yeah, you know, if I had finished college earlier, Great. If I like, if I have, I think about this is a great example. If I had finished college when I'm supposed to at 22, it wouldn't have been as cool of a story, and I would have done it not under the eyes of social media, right? And then <laughs> doing it under the eyes of social media was kind of cool because people got to track the progress, you know, of this adult student, former boxer, going back to school for physics. And that is unbelievably unusual, right? So they get to follow and watch, and it really helps build my profile and what I wanted. It makes makes other things that I've always wanted to do easier. If I had done it in the right order, you know, as much as I would love to feel like my 20s would have been more enjoyable, and they, they would have, let's not twist that, <laughs> more, more enjoyable had I had like a salary of sixty or $70,000, uh, what, what I have now is way better, I think, than what I would have had then because what I would have had then is comfort. I would not have forced myself, or not even forced, I just wouldn't have been exposed to the kind of rumble-tumble real-life mistakes that you have to make, the, the real pain, you know. There ain't nothing worse than that pain of, of looking up, you know. You asked me earlier in the interview, and I didn't quite answer it, that, that exact moment where there was the change. You know, had I done everything the right way, I wouldn't have experienced that pain of being a 28-year-old dude with like with no money in the bank, no way to take care of himself, and and no real prospects, and working you know customer service for ten bucks an hour because that's that's the best I can do. And if that's where you're at, anyone listening to this. I'm not shitting on that job if that's genuinely what you want to do. I will say that I'm of the belief that no one really wants to take such low-paying work where you got to be at the mercy of the customer. I think it is a means to an end. And many people let it go the other way, the end, you know, to to a means. And that wasn't going to be me. I had that moment. That's where that moment of clarity came where I was like, let's get the hell out of here and start changing things. Let's do what we got to do. And I wouldn't have got that experience. You know, there ain't, there ain't nothing like, there's nothing like sort of coming, coming back from the dirt, right? I mean, I, I think that, I think the worst thing that can, that could have happened to anybody that is successful, like wildly successful, I think the worst thing that could have happened to them is that things went well. Because there's something you learn when things aren't going well, whether that's the circumstance you're born into or you suffer a tragedy that forces you to overcome a situation that you never thought you'd have to face, no matter what. If you have it all easy, you're never even going to know what it's like to push. Because when when you don't have it easy, you got to push just to be normal, right? Just so you don't have to deal with that stuff. And if you don't know what that's like, that push is going to feel really weird. It's like, oh, why would I, why would I do this when when there's Netflix, right? You know, <laughs> that's kind of how we how a lot of people think. Because a lot of people, you know, it, it's the blessing and the curse of the 21st century. It's so easy to survive. 
You know, if, if I was real, I, I know I know a lot of people in a similar situation to me when I was 27, 28, except they're 38, 39. And why would they push to improve? All they got to do is work, work, you know, go put their 40, 50 hour weekend. They got and Netflix is eight ninety nine. You ain't you, who cares if you can't go to the movies, right? It's gonna be on Netflix in a, in a month, and then you just watch it from the comfort of your own home with a box of wine and and some cheap ass popcorn. Not you know, I love popcorn by the way. I just thought about that because I right before the interview, I got a bag to eat after the after the thing. <laughs> but the, that's the thing, right? That that's how. That's how easy life can be. And you, and you go get some shitty food, and that's cheap. And getting it, it, well, America is great this way. <laughs> you know that that nothing that you, that you don't have to push to be anything more because you're not going to suffer a penalty. Yeah, you're not going to have a great life, but you don't suffer a penalty. You know, not a life or death penalty, right? Yeah, and yeah. and certainly not even a comfort or discomfort penalty. I th- I think about this like like how much how much would would I need to to have the life I have now? And I'm not like extravagant. I spend all you know any the the extra money I have I spend on traveling and making sure that if things you know hit the fan that I can like eat for six months that kind of thing. But like. Outside of that, I don't. I, I like to, you know, use my computer to work, and but if I just used it to watch Netflix, I have Netflix anyway. You know, that, that's an eight ninety nine a month subscription. My rent is is six twenty five. You know, I live in a mid sized city, not crazy. So it's all right. You know what I was making when I was working at the at the uh, cell phone store, ten dollars an hour. You know, you just put that in, put in a forty hour work week at that rate. Yeah, you have a you have you have sustainable uncomfortable comfort that's what you have you have that kind of comfort where you're like dear god i i want the the check engine light to not come on kind of comfort that's what you have you don't have the oh man it's snowing outside and the buses aren't running but i gotta get to work to make the rent kind of comfort and i think everybody can get to that i don't want to the the check engine light to come on and even when it comes on you just ignore it right (laughs) because how bad is it really that's how great the technology is and how great life is dating coach chris Thoney here this is the perfect time to take a quick break to talk to you about three simple things that you can do to dramatically change your life first listen to this entire podcast and then subscribe through soundcloud itunes or stitcher This way you'll immediately be notified every time we share a new release. If you listen and apply the ideas we discuss on these podcasts, it will change your life forever. Second, go to craftchristmas.com, create an account, and become a member of our community. There you can read articles, listen to podcasts, watch videos, ask us questions, and document your journey in our forums. Great men don't become great on their own. All great men are members of a community, and Craft Charisma is your community. Finally, if you're serious, and I know that you are, about making massive changes to your life as quickly as possible, check out our live coaching programs on our website. Craft Charisma live programs are the fastest way to improve your dating and social life. And who knows? Attend our live programs, let us get to know you, and you may end up as a member of the Craft Charisma team. Again, thank you for listening. Now back to the podcast. The other thing I, I thought about um, early on as you started to go on uh, about some of that stuff was two th- interpretations. One, I, I absolutely am 
totally connected to what you're saying about sort of like how we reflect back on our pasts. And uh, th- the other thing is I thought about is, as I was sharing some stuff, it's just for the young guys who are listening to this, you're like, like hopefully they'll learn from some of uh, some of us older guys mistakes <laughs> or, or, yeah. or, or right like you're, it's like hey like i'm sharing this because not i'm i'm not because i'm taking pity on myself but fucking listen <laughs> use this and like then when you're 30 or 40 or 50 you'll have other problems <laughs> exactly. you know, it really comes down to it if you want to like trace the the thing that takes most guys off the tracks Man, it's it's pussy, man. It's chasing women. It is. It is. It's really. That's what it's about. If you can uh, think about it, what 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 motivated God to to waste all kinds of money and time every night out of the bar, and that's work messing up his ability to work and work out all this. So his whole life is out of out of you know out of whack. Or he doesn't even want to push himself to go further because once you get to a certain comfort level point, and you know, especially in most cities, not not New York City and not Manhattan, you know, but but outside, of that, you, you don't need that much to have a good, comfortable life, and we're all just chasing the ability to reproduce at the lowest exponential of energy <laughs> and time, uh, you know, possible. And I think that's what really derails a lot of guys. But if, if they had the good sense to listen to us, to pay attention, look, it, it, you know, the, a, a 21-year-old girl is going to be, you know, not her exactly, obviously, but they're going to be 21-year-old girls forever. The difference is that when you're a loser at 25, it's a lot harder to get them than when you're a winner at 32, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. and, and no one tells you that. And, and you're not and, – and if you can't – if, if, you, if you're one of those kids who would have failed the marshmallow experiment for delayed gratification, you're not even going to realize that. You're going to be like, give me, give me, give me now instead of going to go work, grind, build yourself up to where, you know, you're not thinking about. I can't tell you how many dates I went on where I was like, man, I'm going to put a cap on my drinks. And this is when I drink, you know, because I'm sitting here worried about. I don't. I don't have enough money in my account. I should. Yeah. I shouldn't even be out in the first place. I That's right. Be, yeah. Trying to try to trying to increase the problem, but instead I'm like, you know, I got. I'm not not delaying gratification. <laughs> I'm not working hard. Yeah. So instead, I'm like, I'll never forget. I went to this one bar. I looked at my bank account before I went, and then I got to the bar, and I, I got. I got became a master at the math and, and knowing how the banks were going to hold the fee. And I'm like, I can get two beers. I know that. <laughs> So let me figure out, do I want to get me two beers or do I want to get her a beer and me a beer? So like, <laughs> yeah. just the kind of, like, like you, you think you can get all, that's how out of, like, listen to that come out of my mouth right now. Just that, yeah. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. It's sad, but it's funny. <laughs> I mean. I mean, and this happens a lot with younger guys. Like, I, I was mentoring this guy for a while. And I guess I'm still mentoring him. But, like, I, I at one point he asked if he could borrow a hundred bucks. So I gave him a hundred bucks. And then he went out and bought weed with it, and I was like, like, a, like or, yeah, or, like, yeah, like, yeah, I, I, in my, in my, in, in, and I'm like, I got, I got pissed at him because I was like, look, man, like, I actually don't have any issues with you smoking weed, 
because he thought I had issues with smoking weed. I said, my fucking problem is you can't buy fucking food. So if you can't buy fucking food, you got no business smoking weed, right? Like, like focus on, on that first. And that, like, that's the fucking problem I have, right? And the same thing can be true about alcohol. And, and I've, shit, I'm sure I've, there's been times in my life where I was in the same situation that, that you're describing. And like, that's the type of shit you t- like I try to impart to younger guys and they don't. It, it doesn't quite connect with them, but you're like, but yeah, bro. just like, come on, like, just focus on yourself. And like, I, I usually say in my classes, I'm like, look, it's the gravity of the sun or starting off the gravity. It's the mass of the sun that keeps the planets in order or like in orbit. So like you just make yourself like you focus on your presence, you focus on getting your shit together and those girls will just come into orbit around you. And right. And that's, and that's a, that's a that, really brilliant analogy. It's the mass of the, the sun that keeps the planet. And I can appreciate that. You know, I really appreciate that with, the, with my physics background. That is just, man, that's a beautiful piece of information. I like that. I'm going to use that later. <laughs> just, just cite me. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's like, it's a, uh, but it's true. It's true in our relationships, like young guys um, or even like in my life. I think about relationships like a relationship didn't work and I just didn't have my shit together. It's like I didn't have my shit together. And that's why part of the reason she floated away. Right. And so yeah. um, like our guys come to me and they talk about attraction. I'm like, yeah, I can I can teach you like ways to sort of um, position yourself. So women are going to find you more valuable. And when they perceive you as being valuable, they're going to try to get close closer to you. But like it's easier when I have somebody who has done all of that work and they just don't know how to communicate it. Right. You right? can't like, polish shit. Ex- yeah, ex- exactly. Right. <laughs> like we, we can try to, but what's going to happen is a week, three week, uh, three weeks, six months, a year from now, like she's going to figure it out. Like you might have a certain amount of window, but she's going to figure it out. And like, it's not like she's on a mission to figure it out. She's just going to sense something's wrong. Yeah. And, you know, little things are going to happen. Like, you know, you can't you can't go out one night or one week actually because you're waiting for that payday to hit, and then and you you can only go out you can only spend this much and you can never you can never travel and do anything nice and I and when I say travel I don't mean fly I just mean uh you know there's there's this this park we like to go to it's about it's about uh, an hour drive away. And if you ain't got an hour of gas, man, like <laughs> two or rather two hours of gas there and back, you know, little things start to show. I mean, you you feel the restriction. Everything's a home home date, and and it's um and this is really cool. Like like you say, this is cool for the beginning because I'm a, I'm a big advocate of not spending a lot. My girl still tells the story today. Now, granted, this was out of necessity, not because I, I mean I was being a G too, but it was also a you know. Uh, out of necessity, I didn't buy her drinks for like our first few dates because I didn't I didn't know who she was. I I, I that was my perspective on and and I think I still do that today. The difference though, right, is I kept it real and she caught me on the come up. You know, I said, "Here's what I'm doing. Here's where I'm at. I mean, you you can come along or not, but I'm I'm doing this for me. There's no guarantee I was going to turn out great." Eventually, you're gonna have to have some kind of combo. Like, what's the plan? Where's everything? You know, why you still got fucking three roommates and you're 31? Like, what's the plan? You're gonna have to. You're gonna have the more time you spend with the girl, the more you have to expose yourself. And I think I think a lot of guys 
kind of default. I know, I mean, I, I think about my personality and I think I would be able to eat no matter what, whether I was, uh, you know, I had to hunt in the jungle or I had to plant on the farm, whatever you got to do, right? I think I'd be fine no matter what, but I will say, I think your preference, certainly my preference for the style of relationship to pursue gets colored by the means of which you can do it. If I don't have a lot of money, but I got good game, right? Obviously I'm going to, I'm going to lean towards being a player at the very least. Uh, I'm not going to do well in a relationship with the caliber I think I can get from my from my physical parents, you know, or, or, or my mouthpiece, how I spit these words out. And, and and you see the other thing flip around. You see these guys that got it all on paper, but they have zero clue how to how to build attraction, as they say. And so they they settle or they're lonely and they can't figure it out. But it's like you said, uh, <laughs> it's a lot easier to shine a dirty diamond than it is a turd. Absolutely. And and that's it goes back to why I've been talking so much about wellness. Right. And it could be we're talking about a lot about finances. But let's say you want to date a fit girl. Right. And like she wants to go for a jog. Right. <laughs> and, right. Like this is, it's practical. Like there's some practical, definitely some practical elements there. And like, it could be a lot of different things. Like it, it's, uh, she's social and you're not really, you haven't worked on developing your social, the social part of yourself, or you're, you're going through some trauma and you need to release it or you went through some trauma, um, and you need to release it. Then you got to get that fucking workout because otherwise you're not gonna be able to, she's ready to, she's ready to connect emotionally. You can't meet her there because you're carrying some shit around and like we all carry shit around and over the course of your life, that's just, it's just part of it. It's you're going to acquire some trauma about knowing how to release it. So this stuff shows up in like so many different places. And, uh, yeah, like I just, I really connect with some of the things that you're talking about. It's, it's so well, true. well, you know what it is, man, because, because like, I don't, I don't know like much about, about your background, but what I do know is that anyone who gets to, to a certain position of success around a certain age, period they have had to they, they generally go through not the exact same things but they have intimate experience with similar issues because i think i think guys you know we, we all suffer the same things i mean the the difference is that some of us some of us respond to the selection pressures we're the ones that beat darwinism and the rest of us become incels you know <laughs> you know it's one or the other yeah, absolutely. Right. Like, I know it's true for me. I'm curious how, how this is for you, but for me, it's the challenges that I worked on and w and was able to overcome that becomes the wisdom that, that I, um, use as the basis for my coaching. And I'm, I'm assuming that there's probably a truth to that for you. Oh yeah. As, oh, for absolutely. Work. You know, you, you can't, you can't know a thing unless you, you've done a thing, right? And any kind of coaching or any kind of writing in the whole self-improvement sphere or whatever, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't really like that, but that's what we have to call it because that's, that's you know, how the idea is best communicated. All of that, all of that comes from real life skin in the game. Like, you, you can't study the hard knocks of life. Like, that's not a degree you can get online. That's some shit. You got to be out there in the real world you know, busting heads and hurting yourself and then overcoming it and and really being able to walk away going, wow, I put my hands on the stove and I'm not going to do it again 
Not because I read about it, but because I got a big ass scar to show you, yo, don't put your hand on the stove. And it fucking hurts. This, yeah. Right. Yeah. And and after that, guys will go, yo, he might know what he's talking about. He's got a big ass scar on his hand. It's not like that guy over there with them soft ass, no callous hands telling me don't put my hand on the stove. And no now now granted, you know, everyone should understand the stove is hot. That's why this analogy is beautiful. But but we can we can express and communicate the message in such a way with a certain level of believability because we have put our hands on the stove, right? Even if you know the stove is hot. Like, like I can talk to people to them blue in the face. I don't because I don't think that's the most effective way to go about it. But I can talk to people to them blue in the face about the benefits of sobriety, right? And, and how you are likely holding yourself back, drinking too much, especially if you're in your mid-20s, if you drink the way the mid-20s, typical mid-20s person drinks, right? I don't, I don't do it because that's not, that's not my mission. My mission is not to freaking, you know, convert and proselytize people out of alcohol. It's just not going to happen. My mission is, is if you want to know, I can help. I can just be a god in light. I can be that lighthouse, not a goddamn tugboat, though. You know, you're going to come in or you're not. That's the thing. But if, but if you do decide you want to come to this lighthouse, you know, you understand that I'm I'm a competent sailor, man. This this shit was built from experience. We didn't we didn't copy someone's notes. We didn't go look at it. We didn't go study counseling. No, this this is uh, I, I got a client uh, who I work with who's who's almost 20 years older than me. And he respects that I've gone through life. You know, I'm, I'm not some kid telling him, do this, do that. You know, I've, I've got my fair share of hard knocks and my fair share of hard lessons learned. And and on top of that, I mean, I, I don't know, like, where or how you were born. I mean, but a lot of things I had to overcome and figure out and, and the brain brainwashing is too strong of a word. The negative habits that I was inundated and surrounded with that I picked up by osmosis via via my upbringing in the in the public housing system in this country, and just seeing that in my family still holds on to a lot of it, overcoming those, so I'm not like them, and you know that that being real clear to see, that is real value. In fact, if it was up to to me or people who think like me, the only people practicing any kind of psychiatry or or you know <laughs> psychology, psychology yeah. you know, they would be people who really who overcame the problem, yeah. not some textbook shit. Don't give me a DSM, man. Show me how you work through it. Yeah. If you work through it, and then you know, granted, you know, some people probably still need meds, but that that's the, <laughs> uh, the real point is that, like you said. You you only you only get these perspectives. You only earn these perspectives. You don't study them. You don't learn them. And because of that, it gives you a unique advantage. Yeah, I, I mean it's true. Um, it's funny. I've been using this this example a lot lately, and in, in my personal life, I think I mentioned on here before. But it, it started with a conversation I was trying to like communicate with somebody who coaches uh, on our team, and I was like, you know, I was playing Zelda the other day. <laughs> And uh, I noticed that, like, I wouldn't go to if I go too far. I've known this, but like, it's, I connected it like to other stuff in the world. And I said, if I go too far from the place that, like, I started, like, I didn't have any clothes, I didn't have a sword, I didn't have a shield. Like, every boss would kill me, right? Like, um, could I had to stay in my like home territory? And then what happened is I like 
went and I did a bunch of different tasks and then I like built myself up and then I got clothes and I got armor and I got shield and I got sword <laughs> and, and that I could take on bigger bosses because like so there's times in life where I didn't have that. Like from a entrepreneur perspective, I went out and started doing major media, whatever, got, had somebody sue me that lawsuit got thrown out. But like I pissed off a multimillionaire because, uh, they wrote an article in the New York Times about me rather than his business. And, and um, I essentially unintentionally picked a fight with like somebody who's a lot bigger and stronger than I am. And, um, <laughs> and, and it goes back to like this idea of building our character into something to, to a person that has more capacity, right? The more capacity right. to deal with a lot of this shit. And like, and it's only then, or, or that's where true confidence that like, comes from, right? Like, um, it's that competency. Like, I, I feel confident. I feel like I got a hold on this. I feel like I got control, control of this because I, like, I worked it and I worked it and I worked it and I worked it and I got mastery. And now I'm communicating confidence. And I think as young men, we often try to model confidence and fake it, right? Like, give that projection, like, ah, oh, I got, I got this shit, right? Like, I got, I, I got dinner, like, I got these drinks, I got, and, yeah. and then, <laughs> then, then what, then, oh, then, then, then what happens is like, you were talking about this earlier, like you're, you're counting them, you're counting coins in your pocket or in your bank account. Yeah, or whatever. like, oh and, man, I and, hope, I hope it's not my round. Yeah, and then, <laughs> it, and 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 then we start getting aggravated or withdraw or like make a comment, and then the girl's like, whoa, what was that about? Right, like it starts disconnect. It starts coming up, where like if you were to say, at the beginning, hey, like this, like you you described with with your girl, you say like this is where I'm at. This is what I'm trying to do. If it's the wrong girl, she's gonna move on, right? Like I just got a conversation. Exactly. I had a conversation this morning with a client of mine, and he was talking about how he's dating this girl, and she like she comes from a really wealthy family, and this guy's like pretty financially like he's he's a millionaire but he's like i can't live on the level i can't provide on the level that she's at so i'm gonna have a conversation with her uh today and just talk, tell her like look this is this is where i'm at this is sort of my expectations like if you can live with that we can t we can keep talking and if not then um this isn't gonna work and i was so fucking proud of him right because like in the past he just probably wouldn't have said something or clunk try to cling yeah. on or like hope she wouldn't notice or she wouldn't see right and like that's where guys can get themselves in trouble and this, when i was younger that's a place where i might have got myself in trouble but just like being honest with where we're at and communicating that to a partner and yeah we're gonna lose certain girls and maybe some girls uh, will have an opportunity later on or like uh or you might somebody find someone way fucking better who has the same type of values and mentality um that you do about trying to build something instead of just like skimming cream off the top. And then, yeah. uh, and then when she's 40 and she doesn't have her beauty, she's just like, well, what happened? Like what happened to my life? You weren't fucking conscious. Like that's what happened. Right. Like, um, <laughs> uh, do you see where I'm going with all this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I, I do. Because you have to, you have to kind of put a flag, put a flag down. Sure. You have to put a flag down. You know, I got a better analogy. You ever see American History X? Not a long time, but yeah. So, and then there's that scene when Ed, Edward Norton comes onto the yard for the first time, and he can't figure out where to go, and he can't find his boys or whatever. So he goes, 
all right, I'm just going to put up a flag and see who's going to accept me to show he's already a certain way, right? Now, granted, the whole movie is about how he changes, but he comes in going, all right, I'm like this. Let me make sure I get around people like me. So he takes his shirt off. He's got the swastikas and the lightning bolts and the 1488s and all that. And the Aryan Brotherhood goes, ah, one of ours. Come over here, right? It's kind of like that. You You can't... You you can't claim to be one thing, and and then she's like, at the end of the day, okay, this guy is this. That's why I like him, and she's gonna keep going that way. But it, eventually, she'll find out. She'll find out you aren't like that, and that that's only that's only unhappiness and stress. And and I think that's one of those things we got to learn the hard way. So if we can get that message to someone. To learn it the easy way to be like, okay, this chick is like coming from all this money. That's just not my style. I don't even know if I can match it. Let me just drop it on her right now. Be like, yo, here's how it is. Uh, either we on the same team or you can work with my team or whatever. Are you going to be patient while I get caught up to your team? Or, you know, we going to just have to change teams. It's not going to, it's not going to work out with us. And a lot of guys, I think, aren't, they're not gonna, they're not willing to do that because, because man, like like I said, you know, we 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 chasing, man, we chasing a lot, of the, you know, chasing that ass, man, that that new ass, and we we will not give it up without a fight or without deception, I should say. A lot of guys, and, and whether that deception is overt to you know to her or covert to ourselves lying to ourselves saying that we can do this we like her you know that that's adorable whatever when it's really effing crazy that's all that's all we're trying to do but so for you to get through to that guy is great i mean again i fucking love the things that you're saying (laughs) i think I, i definitely connect with them and like these are just things that you discover in the pits right like you discover going out and dating and, and making mistakes and learning. Like hopefully you listen to this, like this people are listening to this podcast and they're picking up going, ah, I connect with that. Right. But, um, uh, the guys who are like, I'm going to connect with that or probably had some experiences where they're going to be like, yeah, I was in the pits. <laughs> like I, I dated this girl. It yeah. didn't work out. <laughs> or like I pursued this relationship. I shouldn't have like, uh, it ended up being a disaster. And then I was fucked up for three years afterwards, like trying to sort of get myself back together. Uh, like yeah, you know. it's, it's uh but for the young guys, I'm just like, listen, <laughs> listen, like trust your instincts. Tell people where you're at. Let them make it. But I, I really like that, that, that Edward Norton. I remember that scene in the movie and that's fucking, yeah. it's a great, <laughs> that's a great point because like, I mean, there's so many different places in our life where like, especially when we feel weak or we feel insecure that we try to conform as just human beings. Like it's, it's uh, the no more Mr. Nice Guy syndrome, right? Like the, the, or the nice guy syndrome, no more Mr. Nice Guy is a book. He talks yeah. about this. I but, actually, you know what? I, I met the author of that book, man. He was, uh, I spoke at the 21 convention down in Orlando. I don't know if you're familiar with that. And, and Dr. Dr. Glover was down there and he, he spoke. What do you think of his talk? I thought it was great, man. He, you know, he surprised me. I don't know why I expected. It's weird, man. I expected a, a big black dude for some reason in my <laughs> mind. I just that's just what I thought. But he, nah, he's a yeah. He looks like about about fifty some white guy, real direct direct shooter, but but it has a really um endearing is not right. 
he he has his tone of voice is not off-putting at all. So he can like suck you in and then cuss you out. That's how I felt about it. <laughs> and because and he he has no problem cussing you out. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I liked him. I had him on the podcast a while back, like uh, during our first round of these interviews, and I, I love the things he was saying. And it's important as guys, like for us to communicate what it is that we need and um, to articulate that. And even when, even if we're just starting out, like that's okay, right? And like, like I use that Zelda example. <laughs> Um, you need to get, you got you get the clothes and later on you get the fucking armor and then later on you get like the upgraded armor. Like, I mean, maybe you, that first relationship, somebody's going to grow with you or maybe, um, you're going to outgrow them. Right. Um, or maybe they'll outgrow you. Right. Like, but the fact is like, you got to start somewhere. You got to be like, this is where I'm at and this is what I want to do and start working on it and working on it in a real way. Like when you're saying I'm working on it, like I, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, accomplish X. I want to start a business and build a business. I want to build a, um, I want to pick up this craft, right? So I can support myself with it, or I want to finish school or I want to get my own place. Like, and then you're spending half your discretionary income at the bar, right? Like, like right. it's, it's like that <laughs> it's just going to prolong the ability to get to that point. So, um, there's a lot of clarity in like, in just like understanding that. Right. And so I, I definitely, I definitely connect. I definitely connect. Any, <laughs> what, what else, anything else coming up for you? Um, what's coming up for me? I have, I have a book dropping December 23rd. That book is called sober letters to my drunk self. And it's about transitioning the emotional transition, mainly from sobriety, blah, from, from, you know, heavy drinking to sobriety. I, I just felt like, you know, I wrote that book for my heart. Really. I wanted, because I wrote an article and now when people Google, like not drinking, like that's like the, one of the top search terms that drops traffic to my site. And I actually ranked number one for that. All I did was write an article about my two years in. And a lot of people have gotten some from that. So I was, that was the next thing I wanted to write. I'm working on, I'm working on a guide and a course about growing on Twitter and writing the the correct way to engage people, because they're like I don't I don't know how you guys found me, but but my Twitter presence is is kinda is how a lot of people find me. I, I've really built that up now. I don't have a blue check mark. I have sixty thousand followers, and that is that's not a small accomplishment. It certainly um certainly makes a lot of everything else I want to do easier because I have a reach which which is nice. And just I'm I'm doing a lot of the those are the two big things coming out now. Like like in terms of definitely with like release dates and I can go, hey here this is what you can like see and look up. That those two things right there. There are there are a few other logs in the fire, but these are the ones that are about to to turn to ash and be realized. Well, I think it's absolutely awesome. Um, if you're listening to this, we're going to post some links in the description of this podcast and on the Craft Christmas website so you guys can find out more about Ed, his book, um, the different things that he's doing, and you can find him more easily. And thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. This has been absolutely awesome. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. It's dating coach Chris Thona here. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And we absolutely love making this podcast. We make this podcast for you. So if there's somebody that you want on the show, let me know. I will yell, scream, stand in front of their house, do everything I do to get them on the show for you. Also, don't hesitate to follow the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. You can also give us a shout out through social media, Facebook, Twitter, share it with your friends. And lastly, go to the Craft Christmas website and create an account. There you can talk about the podcast and communicate with me directly. So thank you again for taking time to listen. You will hear again from me soon.